Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 600 with our double feature review of Trolls and Trolls World Tour. Woo! I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, here we are. We've been, we've been doing these uh, recordings covering streaming things. Arguably the biggest streaming thing that is out this weekend or was out this weekend is Trolls World Tour. Yeah, the first real streaming premiere, I think, of a major movie. Like, no one has ever seen this in theaters. Yeah, 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 exactly. This wasn't just something that, like, hit a theater for a day before it was moved or canceled. This was like, boom, here it is. Um, I think DreamWorks came out and said it was, like, their biggest um, digital opening ever, um, yep. which I guess technically might not be saying that much since the only <laughs> things that would have normally gone to straight straight to VOD would be things that weren't good enough for theaters. But yeah, um, it's sort of a big deal. And we thought... Hey, what are you saying about Shrek 8? <laughs> but yeah, so we, we thought... Uh, well, technically I surprised Steven with, uh, but he agreed. <laughs> um, yep. Was basically, if it's going to be our 600 episode... Uh, you know, we got to do something big. So why not not only cover DreamWorks' biggest digital animated opening ever, but why not also cover the previous film in that series and just inundate ourselves with a bunch of color and music and fun and happiness maybe um uh and just spend the whole weekend watching trolls films and then come back and give you guys a celebratory review of however that went. So uh for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm happy with what we accomplished. I'm proud. I'm proud of 600 episodes. M- more when we yeah. include bonuses, get closer to 700. Um, and you know, there's been there's been good and bad. There's been highbrow and lowbrow. Um, I mentioned before that early in the podcast, like nine years ago or something, I listened. I watched Nomeo and Juliet in preparation <laughs> for the podcast, and I feel like this trolls is a nice kind of bookend to that that journey that we've gone on together. <laughs> You can't call it a bookend. This is the last episode of the podcast. No, no, not not a bookend. Just a little bookmark, if you will, in our in our yeah. journey. I mean, we we don't honestly know that the entire infrastructure of the internet isn't going to collapse the next week. So this might be the last episode of the podcast ever. Right. Um. But uh. But yeah. Hopefully not. This, hopefully we will be able to not keep even on make it on its own. We'll we'll find out. <laughs> that is that is also true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, we, we've, in the last few episodes, um, once everybody has a chance to listen to those, you, you know, they, they've all been pretty, pretty heavy uh, films, yeah. you know, dealing with so, some sort of big subject matter. Vin Diesel loses his wife in one of them. <laughs> um, but it definitely felt like, you know what, why the fuck not? Why don't, why don't we just do a Trolls thing and... Uh, Yep. and uh, see how it goes and and i think that let our rainbow glitter fly yeah <laughs> um but yeah I, I think this 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 should be fun i think um so we in in the past when we've covered um uh you know a random series of films together you know like most recently with um bad boys bad boys 2 mm-hmm. and bad boys for life um we sort of tr- it was one episode that we released but it was broken into sort of distinct sections um distinct yeah um 
And so we're going to do that again. Uh, we'll start with a review of Trolls, and then we'll like give a full verdict and everything, and then we'll transition over into a review of Trolls World Tour. Um, but yeah, so stick with us for both. If you're not interested in both, then uh, you know there there are chapter markers in both Is, the MP3 and the M4A. So do you think there's anyone in the world who's only interested in one of the Trolls movies? <laughs> I, it depends. Like they really wanted to see World Tour, but they're like the original. Like no way, <laughs> never. That's kid stuff. I mean, maybe they saw the first one and they already know their opinion of it, and they just mm-hmm. want to know if the second one holds up to it. Um, yeah. So they're they're really just like, get me to the good stuff. Get me to the good stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of things that people should uh, skip and things that go better with alcohol, I have a little surprise for Christopher that I am surely going to regret. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it live. And it is not going to go well. (laughs) How long have you been practicing? (laughs) About 20 minutes before uh, we started recording. All right. You can can keep my levels honest. You with the podcast Don't be discouraged Though I know that The show hasn't flourished In a world full of people Only two listen to the show But that's still (laughs) twice as many As listened ten years ago Show me a smile, Chris. Don't let it be saddening. If there were four extra zeros, we'd almost compete with Slash Film. Some art drives you crazy with plot holes you can't ignore. But just call me up and I'll make you round up your score. And I see our two listeners shining through. I see our two listeners, that's who this shit's for, so don't even think of ending the show for our two listeners, two listeners are plentiful. Okay, I thought I thought Anna and Justin were going to join me a little bit more uh, naturally than that. <laughs> it was good. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> oh God! Did both the words and the guitar even make it to the mic? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Nice. They, they came, at least they came through for me. So they'll definitely came, come through for our two listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I I think the podcast is done. Like I don't even I know don't. if we can follow that up with a review. Happy happy six hundredth, everybody. I, See, I thought I it would be it. funny, and I right before doing it, I had to remind Chris that this song even existed. I would have recognized this, <laughs> that it was a song. I just I didn't expect the whole lyric rewrite. So that was <laughs> that was that was a good extra double surprise. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty happy with it. The lyrics were written maybe like 35 minutes before we recorded. So I got a little time to learn the song first. 
Right. Yeah, there's no way to there's no way to follow that. We just gotta let let the trolls do the talking. Yeah. So we are going to do that right now. We're gonna listen to a trailer for trolls, and then we're gonna come back and give you guys a review. My name is Branch, and I'm a troll. Why do I live in a heavily fortified survival bunker? Because right outside my door lurks a nightmare. Named Poppy. A five, six, seven, eight. Everybody. Poppy is the leader of the trolls. And it's not her fault she's so insanely happy. She just never faced a real problem. Until now. Cupcake? Branch, we just got attacked by a Bergen. A Bergen? It took everybody. Dad! What's your plan? To rescue everyone and make it home safely. So you're going to scrapbook them to freedom. Solid burn, Branch. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, Hang baby, on. when I turn it on. Yeah. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. This bump. Whoop, gear shift. So that was the trailer for a little film called Trolls. And uh, as probably none of our listeners remember, a long time ago, there was this little toy called a troll and uh, had little funny colored hair that you could comb and plop it on your shelf and do all this stuff. And at one point in time, DreamWorks decided that they were going to make a movie using this long time ago beloved kid property and sell it to kids who have no idea what trolls are. Yeah. Now, Um, I have a question for you regarding that. Now, we all know the prototypical troll doll. I I would say um, Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake's characters kind of match that, the the typical genre of troll that you would see in the world. Yeah. Ron Funches, like camel-type troll, or those other different shapes, did those exist in toy form, or did they completely make them up for these movies? I feel like they were completely made up for these movies. I... You know, I'm not an expert on trolls. I did own at least one troll when I was a small child. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, but it is interesting that they decided to take this property maybe because that was one that they could easily get rights to and they wanted to write a story about it. And uh, you might go like, how can you get a story? And what they came up with was basically uh, trolls are these little happy pop singing, super colorful little creatures that live all around. And there are these creatures called Borgen, Borgens, Borgens, Bergens, uh, Bergens, Bergens. There's these creatures called Bergens and uh, they are just sad, depressed Eeyore type 
larger size troll-like creatures, and uh, they are completely unhappy. And at one point in time in the history of those Bergens, um, one of them ate a troll and discovered that they can absorb the troll's happiness through eating them. And so their society has created a once-a-year event where they just eat trolls to be happy, and it's called the Trollstice. And uh, this story is about our, uh, our, our, our happy little go-lucky uh, pop-singing trolls trying not to be eaten on Trollstice. And uh, yeah, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Trolls? I am so mixed on the Trolls franchise, but I will say Quarantine Brain is helping a lot with the Trolls movies, <laughs> I think. Um, here's what I will say. The, the thing that really I took away from both of these movies is Anna Kendrick can fucking sing. Like, I don't know what pitch correction might be going on. I don't know what magic people do in movie soundtracks to, like, make people sound extra good. I have never... I've, I've like, mixed live music before, but I've never done any kind of recorded thing for other people. Um, but, yeah, she can sing. Like, she makes Justin Timberlake seem not that good at singing in this movie. And I, I yeah. think her... Um, and, like, we knew this from Pitch Perfect 2. We knew that she had it in her, but... Yeah. You didn't know it from Pitch Perfect 1? <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, this movie certainly shows that, like the music is fun like as a jukebox yeah. musical it is an enduring kind of entertaining ride um you know you know steven me- i i I'll, I'll even raise you one more on anna kendrick not only can she sing but there are songs in this film that feature her acting while singing and it's obviously it's just a purely yeah. vocal performance but she is freaking it's not just that her pipes are amazing it's like her ability to transition between presenting moods while in the middle of singing it, it is just like it was an impressive feat that that song where she first wanders off yeah it, it's very theatrical like yeah, yeah it's yeah. like broadway right like because i was thinking that too i was thinking is this really all of them doing the songs and then whenever they would do that she would throw like a particular emotion or like emphasis or something yeah. in a word to be kind of playing it up you know dramatizing it a little more and i'd be like nope that is definitely anna fucking Kendrick yeah, yeah. singing all this um yeah no it, it it is very charming like i think as a jukebox musical this this movie is quite fun um i'll, <laughs> I'll give it that like i thought all of the music was fun it's kind of an eclectic mix of 70s and 80s songs mashed up with modern pop songs um it did it felt like so it's the creators of shrek uh that are behind this, or at least that's how they advertised it. I'm not sure which creator of Shrek necessarily. Um, <laughs> this kind of feels like if the person who made Shrek looked at the I'm a Believer montage at the end of the movie, I was like, we can make a movie out of that. <laughs> like, what, what if we just what did that was instead? that for two hours? What if we just had fairy tale creatures <laughs> yeah. for two hours of singing? And the answer is it kind of works. Um, so, okay, if I actually try to tease out the story in this first movie, there, there's not a whole lot there. Like, there, there's Princess Poppy who tries to find the good in everything and is always optimistic. And then there's Justin Timberlake's character, whose name I've already forgotten. <laughs> um, Bran- Branch. <laughs> yeah, Branch, who is more dour and more, you know, prepared. And the two have to go on a journey. And 
the plot is very, very flimsy, but it's the kind of movie that knows the plot is flimsy. Like, at no point in this journey is it doing anything but making a ton of jokes, finding excuses to sing, having one-off gags. Like, there's a period of this movie, Anna Kendrick's kind of into the woods moment of this movie where she wanders yeah. alone um, into the enchanted forest. And it isn't... Like, lots of kids' movies have throwaway jokes, but this is, like purely heightened only for the joke like she is going through a universe that doesn't make sense except for the jokes that the movie is making along the way yeah and overall i thought like the self-referential humor and the goofiness it it grows thin a little bit like this certainly is not among the heights of like meaningful kids movies but i did find it kind of super fun to watch after all of the dour things that we've been sitting through for the past quarantine period and beyond yeah um like, I thought the premise is cute, right? It gives room for Anna Kendrick to be extremely Anna Kendrick, like hugs every hour and all the all, all the goofy charmingness. And there's some good, there's some la- like laughs that got me pretty good in this movie. Um, like someone just says, you will never be happy. Like they sing it. And <laughs> it felt, I don't know. They, there's all the stuff that feels like they're adult-ish jokes that are just making fun of their own premise. Um and yeah, I think of all the movies about Anna Kendrick singing about braving the dangers of a forest, this is definitely at least the second best <laughs> one that I've seen. <laughs> I, like, I thought the voice actors were pretty good. Um, the song choice was great. I mentioned before that I've been watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is a cheesy show. I can't in good conscience recommend it, but also it's kind of charming as hell to just see people break into song and talk about how they feel. This brought me back. If I'm being objective, the plot is kind of stupid in this movie and it doesn't even try to make you care about it i don't feel like you really grow with any of the characters there are moments in the movie that are kind of turning points for the emotional arc of uh of poppy or for branch but i feel like they're shortened so much that you can't possibly feel anything about them they're just like okay now is this moment that never is that more clear than in the ending of the movie which i i guess i won't spoil i don't remember our our rules here um but the there's a song in the end of the movie, fantastic song, you know, amazing. <laughs> the, the ace in the hole that this movie had. The velocity with which the movie goes from we are in the worst possible place to we are singing and dancing because everything is solved is like 15 seconds. Like the, this is the kind of movie that really is not trying to make you feel any kind of journey or have a memorable experience beyond singing and dancing and the vibrant colors and the fun voice acting. But it was fun, and the singing and dancing was fun. So what the fuck do you want me to do? I, I had fun with Trolls. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Stephen, I also had fun with Trolls. Um, I, oh, yeah. I think this film, in its own special way, is kind of great. <laughs> um, as, as we said, uh, uh, or I guess as I've said on the podcast before, I am a fan of films that take place in musical universes where singing takes place. And... Uh, I, I think that that for the most part, this film has plenty of great moments, both original songs and, uh, you know, classical songs that they're just like reusing in different situations. And I no, the classical songs are in the next movie. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, see, I see what you did. <laughs> um, even like even like the, the use of that song from the gorillas was like the most perfect, like seen ever when we first see the the bergen's world and that song is playing and i was like man yep. this is pretty great 
um, but I, yeah, I had, I had a really great time watching this film. And as we already said, Anna Kendrick is great in this. Um, I think when, when, when she starts her, her little solo song about going off and having a great day or whatever <laughs> she's singing about, I forget now, like I was kind of blown away by that piece. I, like it started, I'm like, all right, this is kind of catchy. And then I was like, oh shit, like she is acting the hell out of this song. Like this is ridiculous. And then I was like, man. Yeah, she has like mad little orphan Annie on a musical vibe. <laughs> like she just like has so much projecting whenever she's on screen or in mic, whatever the language is for this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed by her presence for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think while that song was happening, I was like, man, this is like the greatest animated movie ever. <laughs> and I, I, I think for me, the the plot of this is it is a little bit flimsy but i was happy that they they at least came up with something like if you break it down it doesn't make sense like the fact that like this the trollstice takes place once a year and they just have the trolls in a tree in the center of town with a fence that is so wide that all of the trolls can go through between every bars. Like there are little things like that, that don't really make sense. Um, but this is not a film that really cares about that. Uh, there are jokes that are just there. It's like, there are jokes that would be used to set up a plot line that would homage something. And then they just, it's just the joke. Like there is a scene where somebody flees a roller rink and leaves behind a roller skate and somebody finds that roller yeah. skate. And it's a clear homage. Yeah, you think it's going to be Cinderella. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's like, the story just it just no it's like it wanted you to recognize that it's cinderella and then it's like but we don't care about that it's not gonna matter <laughs> it, it kind of yeah. almost half comes back later but not in any meaningful way there's no trying on the roller skate scene later on in the film right. um it's just there as like a silly joke it feels like one of those things where it's kind of like when we talked about um the big battle scene from the end of ready player one it felt like all of the animators just picked their favorite pop property and just animated it somewhere in the background, right? It felt like just them trying to be fun. This film feels like the jokes are a little bit like that. Like anybody, if they had a one-off joke, as long as there was room, they could put it in there and it didn't matter. Um, and I think for that, it becomes really, really fun. I also really, really like the animation style of this film. Like there's something about that super high res, not quite fur, it's like foam, not quite fur, whatever's going on, yeah. the, the whole world feels like a, a pop-up book or a, the, the whatever she's doing, a scrapbook sort of. Scrapbook. It's like, but it's like a felt, yeah, it's like it, a it felt scrapbook. You, yeah, it does give you a little bit of like the Lego movie where it feels kind of physical, the animation style, like they're trying to make it feel a little bit manufactured yeah, when yeah. they do it. And that, that worked for me too. And I, and I definitely enjoyed learning the, the powers of the troll hair over time and like what different things that they could do with it. Um, I, I think that this is just a really fun film that is not concerned with being the most like intelligent film out there. It's just like, what can we get away with, with this simple premise and then have fun doing with it, have fun um, with that premise and then just have fun singing songs. Like this is just a film about sort of being happy and where happiness comes from and uh why 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 feel bad when you can feel happy and i think that this is like maybe it's the uh the you know the fact that we're stuck inside all the time now and just kind of like looking for something to be happy about but i really like this film uh it like connected with me in that way where i was like you know what this film's asking me to be happy and i'm kind of happy i got a smile on my face through most of this movie 
Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I want to be real because listeners can't see you, but for the last four weeks, you've been kind of like a muted dark gray color, <laughs> and now you are just like shining bright blue. So I, I feel like something really unleashed your inner spirit, your inner song today. Yep. It's this feeling I got in my bones. <laughs> <laughs> it goes electric yeah i i do think the I, I think the voice acting goes a long way as it always does in these movies right that that's one fun thing about animated movies is they can get kind of an eclectic cast of actors to just fuck around together for a while yeah um like i like mclovin as the the bergen <laughs> prince yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was pretty funny and zoe deschanel as the uh bridget or idget as the uh the the evil person calls her um there were multiple British people in this movie, and immediately I was like, one of them is James Corden and one of them is Russell Brand. I don't know which is which yet, but I'm sure, I'm sure they're both in there. And of course, they were. Um, yeah, like I, I don't want to criticize this movie because it is very light and silly and fun. But it, it in a way, it is, the things you are praising for it is kind of what we routinely like dislike certain kids movies for where it feels like everyone is just throwing jokes against the wall seeing what'll stick yeah they aren't really trying to build a character or tell a cohesive story so much as like use animation to get a writer's room together to be like okay here's the premise it's like shrek but not because they're dolls instead of real people um fairy tales are allowed monsters are allowed music come up with whatever you can come up with right and there is a little bit of feeling to that, that this does feel like a a late Shrek sequel or something where no one can really remember the story, but there's enough silliness and the, like, the cast is fun enough to make it worth it. I do think, though, to your point, that this movie kind of, it steers into that excess a little bit more. Like, this movie is not even pretending for a second to be telling just a traditional story. Like, from the get-go, it is, it's undercutting itself more than it is, like propelling the narrative around yeah. like five minutes in you've already seen princess poppy you've seen her make fun of herself a million times the trolls have been singing the trolls have been ridiculous they have hug time every hour there's an auto-tune troll that's like singing about hugs and i could squeeze you forever or whatever like the whole movie is right out of the gate just telling you you do not need to take any of this seriously you don't need to live in a world where you imagine this is normal and then relate to the character like just laugh at the idea with us because the whole movie is going to be laughing at it so i think it knew what it was doing and that makes what would have been what would have been a kind of more traditional phoned in dreamworks movie feel feel kind of special yeah cool well should we get to verdicts um yeah but i will say because obviously what inspired me to play the true color song is the the scene in the movie where Cindy Lauper's true colors appears like you know the emotional moment is coming you can see it from a mile away you know what they're doing but it got me like decently good in my quarantine brain like seeing <laughs> sad trolls suddenly become happy I was kind of like yeah I can be happy you know we're locked up right now but we can find our inner voice we can we can enjoy ourselves so yeah 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 it's getting the the plane slash COVID-19 bump basically but <laughs> It, it worked. Cool. Well, let's see how much of a COVID-19 bump it did get. Stephen Miller, if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? If this movie did not have the music, it would be a pass with a caveat at best. But the music 
really bumps it up uh, and the cast like Anna and Justin especially do so well. I'm moving it all the way to recommend with a caveat. It's leaping to two points for that reason. <laughs> caveat being this is nowhere near like the heights of animated filmmaking or children's films for me. Like it isn't really telling a story that is memorable at all. The characters aren't that distinctive. It's all just kind of a vehicle for a throwing a bunch of jokes and songs in a blender and enjoying the the glittery like puff whatever comes out basically just have fun with it for 90 minutes yeah. but it was fun so recommend caveat not really a good movie <laughs> <laughs> it, it just asks you to huff the glitter farts <laughs> um so yeah i'm gonna give it a recommend to the caveat as well uh like i said i had so much fun watching this movie um i think it started out and i had a fear that it was gonna like just be kind of like draining to put myself through it and i pretty quickly caught on board to like oh this is this is fun i'm i'm liking this this is cool <laughs> i'm sitting here laughing <laughs> so um i hope i hope 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 that uh somebody else uh gets to enjoy it a little bit too <laughs> yeah that was our review of trolls gear shift that means that it is now time for our conversation about trolls world tour but before we do that i just have a, i'm just curious steven did you watch these literally back to back or did you have a good uh, break in between your time watching them um the answer is both i i did have a break but i watched them back to back I got an hour into Trolls 1 when I needed to pause to take a call for like an hour and a half. And then I resumed Trolls 1 and immediately put on Trolls 2. So oh, I, I, got you. I, watched, I watched the end of Trolls 1 and then immediately started the second movie. But I did have a little bit of a, a pause in the middle. All right. So now, second, second little interlude before we start our review of Trolls, Trolls 2. Much like we would if these were two separate reviews, at this point in the episode... Trolls 1 is on the table for full-blown spoilers, the first, the first film. Mm -hmm. So if we need to talk about something in relationship to that film, um, we're free to spoil it. So if you liked our conversation about Trolls and you want to go back and watch that before any potential spoilers, not that there will be, but just, 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 just in case, um, you should probably go watch that before you continue on. But for everybody else... We're going to start by taking a listen to the trailer for Trolls World Tour, and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Hello. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was Other kinds of trolls. Our ancestors created six strings, each for a different type of music. Pop. <laughs> funk. Bow, wow, wow, yibby, oh, yibby. Classical. Techno. One more time. 
Okay, y'all. Country and rock. I'm gonna unite the six strings and destroy all music except for rock. So I'm gonna need your string. We have to unite all the trolls, and if we don't stop her, who will? We're gonna need a battle plan and weapons. Violence never solves a problem. Is this some kind of jewelry? Oh, it's actually kind of cool looking. Oh. Give me that. The only weapons we need are this guy this guy. For hugs. This is gonna take a lot of hugs. Let's go save the world! This is a terrible idea that will blow up in your face. The country trolls look friendly. Get them! Does anyone else think this is crazy? Oh, look, I think I can see our house from up here. Come quick, I'm having a baby! A hip hop troll? Tiny diamond is my name. Come straight from my daddy's name. My whole body's made of glitter, and I'll throw it in your face. Peace and love, Tiny and Daddy Al. All right, so that was the trailer for Trolls World Tour. Um, basically, um, the first Trolls film was all about this little pop kingdom of trolls, and they were all about singing and being happy. And what they didn't know is that there is a whole other world out there where there are trolls of different types who play and sing and experience different types of music. And uh, one of those tribes, I guess, of music-playing trolls um, is ones from the Rock Kingdom. And they have decided that they need to make their way through all the different troll kingdoms and capture the string, which is the thing that gives uh, the life force to the music that each of these genres entails, and try to take them all and unite all of the kingdoms under one banner that is the banner of rock. Um, and uh, yeah, our pop trolls have to go on their own adventure to hopefully try to team up with all the other kingdoms to stop the uh, rock takeover of everything that is happening. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Trolls World Tour? So I think in a nutshell, that in terms of plot and thematic elements, this movie is better than the first one. In terms of enjoyability, it is not as good as the first one. Um, so basically, so the idea, when, when I first saw the trailer for this movie, before I had any inkling, before the trolls were even a little speck of glitter in my rainbow-colored hair, um, I... I saw the trailer and I basically blacked out. I was like, this is just a fucking overload of ideas. Like it, it showed the rock trolls. It showed tiny doing the raps. It just felt like this montage of like zany for zany sake, kid things. And I was like, how on earth could any of this come together? This seems like <laughs> a nightmare of a kid's movie to me. Um, and it, it does come together. Like the ideas, I think having watched and enjoyed the first movie, it definitely made me, when the second started and I knew we were going to see all these different kingdoms of different types of trolls doing different music, I, I thought it was fun, right? It, it's a clear, it's an idea that leaves you open for plenty of jokes, plenty of exploration of different themes. And 
honestly, it goes places with that that I was not expecting. I, I don't think it unpacks its ideas very, very well, but there are, there are some ideas lobbed up here about like appropriation and about like how different music should be like respected and sung by di like different people. It is doing something kind of interesting and very clever with the music premise that I I saw it and I was like, damn good good on you movie like that was a <laughs> that was a clever way of tying everything together. I was I was pretty impressed with parts of this um, how they managed to make all the different troll tribes work in harmony um we can maybe i don't know if we're going to get into spoilers at all or not but there there are some clever things there i do think also that the the cast is a lot of fun if it, the first movie was doing a celebrity voice cast that was chosen because they were good at being voice actors this is much more a cast that is chosen because they want you to find it funny that that particular person is playing the role but it 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 worked like it was funny like i i thought it was funny that uh, kelly clarkson is a country troll and um, George Clinton and Mary J. Blige are like the vibe funk trolls. And it, it just seemed like every everyone was a little bit of a, a stunt casting of like, look at all the people we got in this movie, like Keenan Thompson being the the little rapper troll. Um, it, I, I just thought every time a new character was on screen, I had a moment of kind of laughing of trying to figure out who that was and being a little bit surprised that they agreed to do the sequel to the Trolls movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, I, I have a quiz for you because I recognized his voice, but I couldn't place him till I did IMDb. Do you know who plays the Chaz Troll, Chaz? No. It's Jamie Dornan. Oh. That smooth, <laughs> seductive man. <laughs> um, this movie definitely has a lot of what the first movie had, in almost the exact same formula, which makes it harder for me to know why it it wasn't quite as fun for me as the first was. Um, like, it has lots of songs, lots of classic songs. It even has Cyndi Lauper, again, <laughs> with Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Um, but none of the songs felt quite as memorable in the way that they're used in this movie than they did in the original one. Um, it has a lot of fun throwaway gags, like you know the the caricature of the rock trolls as being this kind of like aged out decrepit old rocker rockers like that that was funny right that was a throwaway joke they did plenty with the country trolls too being more depressing and thinking that real music has to be about you know death and stuff like that all all of that stuff was funny i had laughs at it like the jazz troll is funny. There are yodeling trolls that were quite funny in this movie. Sam Rockwell is hiding in this movie, and I enjoyed everything <laughs> that happened to him. But there's just something about it that never fully comes together for me. It felt more like scattered and more kind of thrown together than the first one did, even though it hit the same emotional beat at the end, like literally the same emotional beat, but it still nailed it a second time for me. Where <laughs> The message is exactly the same. 100% the same with the same visual to go with it. Yeah. They're just like, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the music really is inside of them this time. That last time we were just bullshitting. It was actually about a string somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, the first movie is where does happiness come from inside? The second movie is where does music come from inside? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. They're a little different. Though happiness is expressed via music in the first one. So, you know, same same difference. Yeah. But yeah, Anna Kendrick is still fun. She's still, like, giving it 110%. Um, I remember when she 
I think it's her, maybe it's other people who are, she's like talking about the rock trolls and trying to fit in. And she's like, who wants to party without smiling? And there's like a little bit of just <laughs> adorable ridiculousness to her character when she's insisting on like, I'm going to be the optimist. I'm going to be the optimist. Yeah. And everyone else is trying to drag her down. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, I had a, I had a good time. I'm happy I saw it. It's not worth $20, but what is? Like, it, it, I'm, I'm still glad that I paid for it and watched it, but it, compared to the first one, there was something about the happiness buildup that felt a little bit more played out to me, even though I think I respected the story and what it was doing more than I respected what the first movie was doing. But the, the formula just didn't quite work out the same way. Yeah, so I, when I think about these two films, I like to think about adding the two rental costs together and then dividing by two because yep. it makes having to watch the second film more palatable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I did not like the second film. Um, I, I think oh. that the, the, the sheer, like if, if you just watch the trailers for each films, you'd be like, wow, the second film actually has a story. And the first one is really just about color and glitter farts. Um, but I yeah. think that this second film actually proves when it comes to story, less is more. I think that the first film is the world's simplest plot. Trolls are happy. The other names that I <laughs> keep forgetting the name of the, what are they called? Uh, I want to say Birkin, but I think those are expensive bags that people buy. <laughs> Bergen? Bergen, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like the trolls are happy. The Bergens are depressed. The Bergens can be happy by eating the trolls and conflict ensues. And I think that the amount of different little or quote organic stories that we get between different characters as that goes on actually leads to a surprisingly complicated story, right? You have, you have a whole arc of one character who is sort of given up on singing and being happy and having to learn how to be happy again. You have the arc of a character who's, who's trying to, uh, you know, learn to be king and figure out how to do or queen and do the right thing for her kingdom that she's, she's dealing with. Um, you have uh, the, the responsibilities of what that entails. You have um, groups of friends working together towards a thing. Like you just have so many little tiny stories in the first film that are all fun in their own right. Even the whole like Bergen romance that happens <laughs> in that first film. Um, like all of that worked for me, right? Like the, there are all these little stories that are silly and stupid, but like it's a, it's a surprising lot going on in a film, which is like, what if these toys you played with when you were a kid were alive and sang a lot and farted glitter? And, and it's like, it, it shouldn't work yeah. and it does. And I think this film starts with the premise that should totally work. <laughs> like this is a full complete thought. This is... This is actually a pretty great idea. And I think the reason it falls flat is, is two things. Um, the, like, it's basically two exposition scenes which give us the entire plot. It's them learning about the existence of the strings and them learning the moral lesson about how they interpret the existence of the strings. And it's, if you took those two scenes out of this film, this is nothing but a bunch of set pieces back to back to back and excuses for how to play in each of those genres. Um, uh, so, you know, we, we, we've referenced in this review already um, the Lego movies. And there is a scene in the Lego movie where, um, where um, 
you know, whatever the, the main elder guy, he like basically calls upon all the Legos from the different generations. Right. And he's like, he's like, you know, NASA Lego and whatever Lego and whatever Lego. And he just says them and then it shows them. And it's like, the whole thing is like this, this little tiny nostalgia hit of like seeing each of these different generations of Legos and what they represent and having them being able to say one line or something like that. This entire movie is just that one 15 second scene, but for like an hour and a half. And I, and I think that while there are little moments where I enjoyed being in, you know, the, the, uh, old West <laughs> sort of country things. And like, I, I liked the country villa. <laughs> I liked, uh, was it called hype hype world or, uh, what, what was the, yeah, I think yeah. So. like that, that little spaceship zone was cool. There, there are little moments of time, but the main bad guy of this is the rock trolls and all they do is play cr- classic rock songs they don't there's not there's yeah. not a single moment where they're singing about what it feels like to be like imbibed with rock right they're just like let me play the song that your parents are going to recognize from the audience and it, it just it feels like such a wasted moment like the first one is about singing about what you're doing and how you're feeling and this is like we're rock and we like rock songs and we make voices like this because that's rock and then it's like <laughs> ozzy osbourne's there for some goddamn reason and it, it it just it feels like what are you even like the like this is about this would be like if thanos was like the the worst villain that that or like the weakest villain that they ever like the avengers ever fought and when he showed up everybody was like you're not even cool <laughs> Right? Like I, yeah, so I, I do think that my real music criticism of this movie is that the rock trolls, they are afraid to actually commit to rock in this movie. Like you said, their their idea of rock is, you know, here I am, rock me like a hurricane or heartbreaker or something. Like they're not Barracuda. They're not really doing like heavy or let's do what a kid who loves rock music, yeah. how they would feel or what they would be into. And that, reducing it to signifiers does i think hurt that world whereas i think the the funk trolls and the country trolls and the pop trolls all get a kind of really fleshed out idea of what they're about the others kind of don't they don't commit to it enough for you to really like understand what they what drives them and i I do think that's like a short coming of the movie yeah and i i I think i i have like i only have one spoilery point to kind of make i don't know how much you want to talk in spoilers so I can try to avoid spoilers if we really want to. Mm, I don't think we really have okay. to. We'll be, we'll be fine. <laughs> Let's just say, I think the last song of the film is counter to the message given that most of the vocals in it are all pop. <laughs> yeah. All, I'll agree with that. That's one of those things where I think the idea of the movie executes better than they don't do enough with the idea. Like in in a way, this doesn't count as a spoiler because I wrote it down like five minutes into the movie. I wrote down, is this going to be about mashups like pitch perfect question mark? (laughs) And there's a hint, there's a hint toward the end that that's what they're building to. You know, I think it isn't a spoiler to say that this movie is about people who are different and they are going to embrace their differences in some manner, yeah, right? Yeah. That, that, that's what the movie is doing. I think it's an admirable message. I think it does an okay job in places. Again, I think everything relating to um, 
the king and queen and prince in like the hype world i think is like super well done i think that does a good job of being a distinct style from the rest of the movie and like not trying to not trying to mingle everything too much but for the most part yeah it it veers back in pop because this is justin timberlake anna kendrick this is trolls and they're going for kids so they're going to turn everything into pop music in the end they they didn't have to do that. It would have been interesting to see them fight that impulse a little bit more. Yeah. I did... Uh, so, since we're not going into spoilers, I will just say there's a scene when they learn the, quote, true history of what happened to all the different tribes. And someone says, scrapbooks? Man, those are always cut out, glued, and glittered together by the winners. <laughs> and that line made me laugh. <laughs> it, was a pretty, it was a pretty good line. It was like taking a genuinely kind of serious idea <laughs> and then just putting it in this like Shrek filter of make it goofy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I will say, even though that last song was lackluster compared, I mean, it doesn't hold a candle to, you know, just dance i've got a feeling whatever the song from the first movie is which is a wonderful song like truly a really really good song um (laughs) this just sing song that they do at the end even though it was a little lackluster it did still kind of get me in the feels a little bit i it's the we are we are the world factor yeah yeah it it is totally a we are the world factor but i don't know i'm susceptible to that shit right now i kind of felt like oh we're all in this together man we're all we're all coming together to make something kind of beautiful that is mostly Anna yeah. Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If only we could all hang out our windows and <laughs> sing that song together. I did. I, I learned a kind of fun journey by looking on IMDb for different voice actors. Um, so I checked in the first Trolls movie, there was a cloud character that they run into um, who is like a rather goofy side character. And his voice sounded familiar to me, so I wanted to know oh, what famous actor voiced him. And it turns out it wasn't a famous actor at all. It was just the director um, of this movie, oh, really? Walt Dorn. Um, so he he and David Smith, who is the co-director, who are also animators, I guess, they voice a bunch of random side characters in the movie. So in, in Trolls 1, this Walt Dorn guy played a bunch of people, most prominently the cloud guy. Um and the king, Pepe, was played by Jeffrey Tambor um, of Arrested Development fame. But shit has happened to Jeff Tambor in the last <laughs> few years. Um, so he, yeah, strangely, King Pepe had a different sounding voice in this movie. <laughs> um, so I investigated and uh, Walt Doran just decided to play him, too. So, so just actors that got canceled in between movie one and movie two just got played by the director instead. Nice. Cool. Well, uh, should we get to verdicts for this film, then? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if you were going to give us a must-see, record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm I'm giving this a rental. I still think it's completely okay if you just want a a movie that is all silliness and music that is maybe not as memorable as the first movie's music, but is still fun. And for a jukebox musical, I think this does aim admirably high. And I think for kids, especially, I can imagine them walking away from this movie, maybe having a little bit of a different view of music and the world. And I think it's implanting some nice ideas that, that I would encourage, but it, 
it doesn't come together quite the way the first movie does. It feels a little more phoned in. It suffers from sequel syndrome a little bit. But still, rent it. You know, God knows Comcast needs our money right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I will give it... I will give it a... Uh, I'll, I'll give it a wait for rental as well. I think that it's... For me, it's sort of closer on the path of the caveat. But the caveat is, like, it's boosted by the first one existing. Like, if you could watch this film in a vacuum, I would probably rate it way lower. But it, it does carry on with these characters that we've <laughs> we've come to love from an hour ago and uh, <laughs> kind of gives you enough of what was there before to keep you, like, sustained and going. But it's really not, it's not as spectacular as, uh, it's not as spectacular of a good time as the first one was. Um, and I think that while... I think while those those exposition scenes do have their own little wallop and have a really, really interesting message and a, and a few things to say that are definitely like, oh, shit, I, I was not quite prepared for like this to get this serious. I don't think that it spends enough time in there and there's not really enough, not fallout, but there's no there's not enough extrapolation away from the idea that it's saying the film basically squanders this like good idea that it has it's not something that's like as deep as like a zootopia or something like that it's it's oh yeah not at all and that's what it could have been yeah. I, I was really hoping for a zootopia when the movie started yeah yeah um so there you have it that's our review of trolls world tour but this is just another classic case of our inconsistent ratings on this podcast because when kubo came out we gave it a must see and that movie only had two strings <laughs> uh steven sometimes if we were in the same room i would roll my eyes at you so hard it doesn't it's just not the same mm -hmm. over over hangout but yeah i think that is gonna bring us to the end of our double review of trolls and trolls world tour um steven miller if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that people can find me at twitter.com slash s david miller or s david miller.com People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to one of the two Trolls films. Um, so hopefully you are enjoying that right now. We are going to take off for now. This is the only thing that we reviewed this weekend. Um, but we'll be back next weekend with some more stuff. Tuesday, Tuesday Underwater comes out. Um, like tomorrow? Yep, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, All right. Which is, this isn't like a push forward release or anything. This was the original DVD release date for Underwater. Um, right. I saw it back in January. I'm going to rewatch it again. Um, we can still review it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have a review underwater and then we will figure out something else to go along with that. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Happy, happy 600th. Yeah. Happy 600th to you as well, Stephen. 12 more years. <laughs> 12 more years. Oh, bye. Bye. Ooh. Mm -hmm.
with the podcast. Don't be discouraged, though I know that the show hasn't flourished in a world full of people only to listen to the show, but that's still twice as many as listened ten years ago. Show me a smile, Chris. Don't let it be saddening. If there were four extra zeros, we'd almost compete with Slash Film. Some art drives you crazy with plot holes you can't ignore. But just call me up and I'll make you round up your score. And I see our two listeners shining through. I see our two listeners. That's who this shit's for. So don't even think of ending the show for our two listeners. Two listeners are plentiful.